0: We'll be reading together from Philippians chapter 3 verses 1 to 11. Let's read aloud together in one voice. Finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evil doors, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. And count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, and may share His suffering, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This is God's word. Please be seated.
1: Uh, I really like the way Pastor Charles kind of asks you to
2: greet one another. Uh, indeed, uh, one extra hour of sleep. Uh, can really give us uh, refreshing. Uh, in a way, the spirituality uh, begins with rest. Uh, when God created heaven and earth, uh, he began his creation from the rest. Uh, we think that um, you know, we need to work hard and then rest. But in a way, uh, in order for us to work well, we need to rest and uh, really gain perspective so that we'll be able to really focus on what God wants us to do. So in that sense, I'm glad that uh, those of you who are uh, reading week, uh, it's a time of rest, but also time of reading. I hope uh, you'll be able to really reset by worshiping the Lord. And all of us, as we begin a Monday schedule, uh, this is the Lord's day that we rest. We uh, gain perspective, we'll be able to really walk Uh, with the lord Uh, today we'll be covering philippians chapter 3 verse 1 through 11 abundance through surrendering and i was debating um, with this title uh, whether to call it as a surrendering or uh, letting go Um, in a way i think it talks about really surrendering but also a letting go of certain things for us to receive god's abundance so god pours out his abundance through surrendering and this is a spiritual principle Uh, this is the way that god works in our lives whenever god works he requires us to surrender certain things jesus let go of his throne in order to come down to earth to die for our sin and death. Uh, Jesus had to let go and surrender his own will at Gethsemane in order to obey the will of God. And through surrendering and letting it go, he fulfilled God's redemption. In the same way, If you and I want to live out God's will, God's purpose, there are certain things that we have to surrender and let go. Parents, if you really desire your children to live out fullest to the will of God, um, there are certain things that you have to let go. You have to surrender. Even in marriage, if you... If you really want to build Christ-centered marriage, if you desire for Christ to be the rock and Lord, salvation of your marriage, there are things that you have to let go. Expectation, your desire, your dream that you may have in the Lord. The Christianity is all about following Christ and taking up the cross daily. And many people think that taking up the cross means like oh like my spouse is my cross. My children is my cross. Yes, it is true in a one sense. But that's not what Jesus meant taking up the cross. I mean, he doesn't see us as his cross. He died on the cross for us to be restored. So taking up the cross means daily means daily we are letting go. Daily we are surrendering certain things in our lives. And yet, we're not talking about Buddhism or other religion where we empty ourselves by surrendering. The purpose of surrendering and letting it go is so that As we let go, that God fills with his glory. God fills his life and his joy, his perfect plan in our lives. So that is the difference between Christianity and other religions, that we do not empty ourselves and end there, but we surrender so that God fills his blessing, grace, power, beauty of the gospel in Our lives and when God feels something beautiful it will not be dictated by circumstance and no one can take away when God feels so we're talking about joy we're talking about eternal satisfaction that no one can take away even in the prison and Paul who was in prison because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and yet he had overflowing joy, abundant joy and life, satisfaction in his life, and the circumstance was not dictating his life. The reason why you and I, our joy or happiness is so contingent upon circumstance or anyone in our lives, right? like we say, well, I'm not happy because of so and so on, i'm in this place in this mess because of someone's mistake or someone's sin you can blame you can finger point whoever you want and yet then that means that joy that you had the meaning of your life it was not anchored in christ but it was anchored in someone else when you're in someone else when you're in circumstance yes when that person messes up When the circumstance changes, your joy can be sucked out or disappear. But when you are filled with the joy in Christ, because God is faithful, God is constant, He is unchanging that we can even rejoice, even in the prison, even in the midst of suffering, in the sickness, when things are going wrong outside as well. So Paul is encouraging his brothers and sisters, about really enjoying abundance through surrendering. Abundance by letting things go in our lives. So what are some of the things that we need to let go? Number one, surrendering while we are holding tightly. Paul, first, he focused on people who are holding tightly, even their religious zeal. The people who really were zeal and zealous for their uh, religious activity. And they're to the point where they're holding on to their own personal righteousness based on their own doing. You know, sometimes it is easy for us to do things at church. And because we've been so faithful, we've been dedicated and serving. Uh, we can take that as our pride. And we try to gain significance by doing things. Even at home, you know, doing things for our children, doing things for our parents, you know, performing, studying, or fulfilling religious duties. And because we try so hard on our own and we are so faithful and we succeed in certain areas, we find that as our pride. And all of a sudden, that becomes something that we hold on to. In verse 2, it says, Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. I mean, now, you know, we're living in 2023. If you talk anything about bad about dogs, I mean, you know, like, you know, people will get offended. But 2,000 years ago, okay, I mean, it was okay for Paul to address certain people as dogs, okay? But not to put down dog lovers, uh, but who are these people who are like really uh, offensive uh, to the gospel? And Paul was not talking about people who are cultic or community or people who are non-believers, but Paul was referring to uh, people who were addressing themselves to be Christians And yet, they were holding so tightly of legalism, their religious zeal and passion to the point where when they were coming into church, they were forgetting about the grace of God, forgetting about the power of the gospel in the person of Jesus Christ, but they were constantly criticizing and attacking other people who do not follow their
1: own expectations their own standard of religion. And many of us, you know, we have experience, right, of encountering and constantly putting other people down or attacking. So when
2: we pursue our relationship with Jesus, we become more like Christ. But when we pursue religion, we become self-righteous. And that becomes our obsession. In a way, attachment is very important, and yet some of us, we may have excessive attachment. And there's a difference between healthy attachment and excessive attachment. Even parents. I mean, you are called to love your children and you need to have healthy attachment. But on the other hand, when you lose focus, when you lose balance, you become excessive. The difference between healthy attachment, and excessive attachment is that excessive attachment is about you. It's about what you want. Rather than helping our children to grow up to the fulfilled will of God, because they are the gifts they are the blessing they have calling from god so healthy attachment is like my role is for you to thrive in your relationship with god and for you to grow to be man and woman of god that god has called you but excessive attachment is about me what i
1: want you to live out my dream my expectation. Even in marriage, there are times that we become excessive,
2: we try to control, and we have our own expectation rather than the expectation from the scripture. That we try to change or mold and shape our spouse
1: into what I want. So the difference is self or God.
2: Some of us, we have this obsession that is consumed. Rather than being consumed by the gospel and calling of God, some of us are consumed by our own dream. Students, your role and your call is for you to focus on study. But focusing and holding on to is very different. Even parenting. Parenting. When you are working, you need to work for the glory of God because that's where the God's kingdom is being expanded and you need to shine as a salt and light. But sometimes we lose our balance and focus so that we become obsessive
1: of our job, that that becomes our idol. Even ministry and reputation. And I struggle with that.
2: I would love to have a good image. In fact, I want everyone to love me. I'm a good person. Why not, right? I realized that uh, serving at a church and serving in large congregation members realized that you can never make everyone happy. But in the beginning, I was so consumed by like, what if so on, so and so and so don't like me anymore? What if I make this decision and the people don't like the idea, you know, they turn against? And that becomes excessive attachment, even obsession. For example, sermon or preaching, you know what, as a preacher, I need to focus on preaching. And I need to do a good job for the glory of God. But when that becomes excessive, I preach not for the glory of God, but I preach for my own significance so that I have a hard time letting go. And that unhealthy, excessive attachment, they become hindrance to what God wants to do in our lives. And parents, when you're holding on to your children, spouse, when you're holding on to, when pastor is holding on to ministry, their own reputation, vision, sometimes that becomes the
1: biggest stumbling block, what God wants to do in our lives. Our retreat was a really uh,
2: meaningful retreat, uh, celebrating and for me, like now getting ready for next year, you know, 20 year of ministry, and realize that God has really uh, blessed our church, our Mississauga, New Hope, and downtown and uptown, Uh, growing by the grace of god and realized that as i was doing uh you know korean ministry and english ministry i cannot do all of it and we have amazing pastor pastor charles and we have now more uh uh, godly pastors joining in our team Um, you know i share with our leadership team that starting from uh, next year i will be uh, preaching once a month and someone asks, are you, are you going to be okay? You know what? I love preaching for New Hope. But I realize that if I cannot give 100% all the time, I don't want to hold on to for the sake of my own significance. Because ministry is not about me. Ministry is about God. In a way, I want to ask you a question. Parents, are you in the way of God really shaping and raising your children? Leaders, are you in the way because of your obsession or your excessive attachment because it has to be this
1: way? It has to be that way that sometimes you can be stumbling block. In verse 6, Paul says, As to zeal or persecutor
2: of the church, as to righteousness under law, blameless. And Paul was passionate he was jealous man, and yet he is saying, even though I was jealous, I was a passionate man. There are certain things that I have to let go in order for God to really pour out. I'm not talking about just person or ministry or setting, but some of you, you need to let go of your past,
1: whether it's your past success or past failure. And I challenged even
2: before, and so and so, coming to me, and like, you know what, like, I was hurt by church. Yes, you know what, when you're hurt, you need to be healed. But if that hurt 10 years ago or 20 years ago is still holding you back, you need to let go. You need to be healed. You need to move forward. Even whether it's your relationship with your family or in-laws, your parents. Come on, it was 30 years ago, 20
1: years ago, you need to let go. Many of us were so stuck not
2: having freedom because we cannot let go and surrender. Not just surrendering material things and people, we need to surrender even our hurts,
1: our past. Sometimes even our current situation. I don't want to make a mistake here, so
2: please. Uh, filter what I say because I don't want to generalize because there are people who are really, really um, struggling with the sickness. It could be even, uh, you know, depression. So I don't want to say lightly. And there are people that you need to journey uh, for long term in order for you to really experience a deep sense of healing and restoration so that having that said you know that is different situation exceptional situation but I was you know told and even uh, through the news that statistics uh, shows during COVID many people struggle with isolation you know working from home you know not having enough contact and many people fall into depression we're not talking about serious depression but kind of Casual depression. I feel depressed. You know, that becomes almost like now, like common term. And then the companies took it very seriously. So now, like, many companies are investing, like, millions of dollars to cover their employees so that not only, like, a physical insurance coverage, but even counseling. So many employees are able to get the benefit to go to counseling because when they feel a little bit, you know, depressed, struggling... The companies made investment, you know, millions of dollars, you know, go see counseling, you know, get better. And realize that even though they're investing money so much, realize employees are not getting better. The more and more people are falling into that category. And certain companies said, okay, that's enough. Come back to work. (laughs) No more work from home. And not the case with everyone, that's why I want to be very careful. But many of them, they came back to work and they feel better. Meaning, sometimes we are so stuck with our past or with difficult situations because we meditate on negative things. How everything is wrong and You know, someone did wrong, and I'm in a bad place. Sometimes we gotta even even surrender that, so that God has a space to do new things and healing, so that we can move forward. That's what Paul and James did. You know, for crippled man, paralyzed man, for years, and said, "You know what? Just get
1: back and pick up your mat." So, brothers and sisters, rather than focusing on ourselves,
2: we need to let go because that is the reason why we lose gratitude. We lose perspective. We lose flexibility, and that's why we're so unsatisfied. Paul, in prison, he let go of his godly vision of his own planning of going everywhere and preaching the gospel. You know, those are good things, and yet even that, he had to let go.
1: God, if you want me to stop, I let go. My own schedule. My
2: own righteousness. What I have done for family, what I have done for church, even that, let go. Surrender. Surrender then that is when God opens our eyes to see.
1: That is when God opens our ears to hear what he wants to do
2: next in our journey. That is a desire that is healthy, rooted in the gospel. So, and sisters, let me ask this question. For God to really fill with this abundance, is there any area the holy spirit is really speaking to you this morning that you gotta surrender you gotta let go whether it's a positive whether it's a negative whether it's a godly things or whether it's a s- sinful things so paul is going one level deeper here number two surrendering barriers to spiritual growth In verse 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And it is very interesting because Paul is not talking about like sin or secular things, non-Christian things, but he's talking about religious things, even godly things. There's a difference between
1: knowing Christ and knowing about Christ. And many of us, rather than knowing God we know about God.
2: And this day and age, many of us, we hear like top of the class messages. Isn't that true? I know, in fact, many of you, I mean, listen to YouTube. You can listen to like Tim Keller,
1: John Piper, and like just top of the, top of the class preachers. And coming back to Sunday, it's like,
2: oh, okay, that's not bad. Because we're so used to, right, intriguing, excellent preachers, and it's all good
1: for us sisters. Listen to good sermons. But many times, because we hear the the top-of-the-class messages, sometimes we are mistaken thinking that we are top-of-the-class Christians. Just because you go to good church, you don't become good Christian.
2: Just because you are listening to top-of-the-class messages, you don't become top-of-the-class disciples unless you encounter Christ directly and follow Christ directly. Unless you really know the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You may know about God
1: really well. And Paul is saying even that can be even barrier to spiritual growth. In verse 2, it says 10, katanomen, he's saying it's about
2: mutilating the flesh. But it's very interesting because he's connecting that with verse 3, circumcision. Circumcision is not a bad thing. It's religious activity. And that even circumcision, religious activity, ritual, If you do not have a right relationship, right heart with God, that may become the venue of mutilating the flesh, meaning
1: hindrance to your spiritual growth. So Paul is saying his
2: credential. Right, in verse five to six, circumcised on the eighth eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, persecutor of the church as to righteousness under the law, blameless. What he's saying: You know what? I was born and grew up in a best Christian home.
1: In fact, I was born and raised in one of the best church. Nursery,
2: Sunday school, junior high, high school, and college ministry under best preacher and best pastor. Spiritual legacy. And some of you, right, your parents, your grandparents, four generation, right? That spiritual heritage, which is good. I'm not saying those are bad. But even if you have the
1: best of the best, that may become stumbling block. Our past spiritual renewal may become spiritual stumbling block for
2: future revival. Especially in the church, people who experience something good in the past, they're so stuck that they have a hard time letting it go. So that they become number one stumbling block for next generation.
1: Because it has to be that way. But God wants to do new things. And we experience it all the time. Parents,
2: your children are blessing, the greatest blessing that God has given them to you.
1: And yet, they become number one idol for your spiritual growth. You can let go of so many other things, and yet you cannot let go. We love God, and our idol, we choose our idol every single time. Sometimes your title, position, then becomes stumbling block.
2: I have seen it in pastoral ministry, you know, someone who is so faithful and so genuine, so humble, and yet when they get title, somehow they lose
1: learning posture, humility. Then that is a stumbling block. So Paul is saying in verse 8, Indeed, I count
2: everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In a very nice way, but those of you know the original meaning is like when you go to the bathroom, like dumb, smelly. I count that as a rubbish, meaning like even my religious status, what I have done, my establishment in the gospel, my past, everything, today I consider as a rubbish so that I can move on to anticipate new things that God wants to do. So he's using dog. And what is rubbish? Why? Because dogs go back to, you know, their own that won't stop, right? And can you imagine? I don't know what you had last night. Maybe some of you fast, or some of you had something amazing, very expensive dinner. But it doesn't matter you know, whether you spend like $100 worth steak last night Today, when you gotta go, you gotta go. You're not gonna say, (laughs) "Wow,
1: man, I have to hold on to it."
2: You gotta digest and let healthy nutrition go. But the rest, you gotta let it go. I mean, can you imagine like you refuse to go for one month because I spent hundred dollar, man. I'm not gonna let it go. That's not good, right? So, what Paul is saying, whatever that you have is blessing, good things, and yet you got to digest, and only the thing that, that remains is the gospel of Jesus Christ, who Christ is, and
1: everything else is rubbish. You got to let it go. Especially those, your recognition, what you have done, you got to let it go. So that only Christ remains. And your relationship with Christ remains. What a profound confession. If you're able to say that, the Bible guarantees that God is going to fill you with the power of the gospel, the beauty of Christ. If you look at people who really receive abundance, we're talking about Samaritan woman,
2: adulterous woman who broke alabaster jar, Zacchaeus who was a tax collector,
1: Bible is not
2: saying that you need to live like you know, ridiculous, like past broken past in order to be filled with the gospel. That's not what is Bosco is saying. But these people were willing to surrender, these people were willing to let go whatever they were holding on to. And sometimes people
1: who lived relatively righteous life. Good life. And whatever we have is pretty good. Many times
2: they are the one hard time letting go and cannot
1: really experience the fullness and abundance of God. God is inviting us to take up the cross daily which means
2: we need to let go of certain things daily. Whether it's a stubbornness, our own hurts, positive things, negative things, even including spiritual blessings in the past, I hope and pray the Holy Spirit reveals those in our hearts so that we'll be able to really surrender and to be filled with God desire, God's heart in our lives spiritual training requires surrendering daily let's pray together brothers and sisters God loves you God loves your family God loves your life God loves our church. The reason why you don't really feel that is because you are spiritually blinded and deaf. Something blocking you right now because you cannot let go or surrender. Maybe your own expectation, your own plan, It has to be your way. So that amazing spiritual gift and blessing that God has given to you all of a sudden it became all about you. All about us. And that's why Paul is saying we need to die daily. You know, yesterday we died, but today if we live, it becomes ours. Right? Maybe some of you or many of you, you surrendered yesterday. You surrendered 10 years ago. But today you are still making it all about you and holding on. so let's respond to the Lord God I need your grace whatever that I'm holding so tightly I want to open my eyes and surrender to you today once again when you do that God is going to hold your hand and lead God is going to feel what He wants to pour out in your hands, Heavenly Father. perfect plan, better than we ever planned for our lives, that you are a good God pours out life, joy, eternal satisfaction through your son, Jesus Christ. whatever that we're holding so tightly that that hinders make us blind as your spirit through your words spoke lord i pray that we'll be able to surrender today let go so that we are able to move forward with you now may the grace of our lord jesus christ Unconditional love of our God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be upon people of God as we desire God, as we desire to know God, now and forever.